Hi everyone and welcome to the Perma Podcast. I'm James Prescott, your host. It's really great to be with you all again. I'm delighted to have a really good friend of mine on the show tonight. I've known him for about two or three years. His name is Steve Doran and so and uh, he's got a fantastic story to share. So thank you for coming here. Steve, welcome. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well. <laughs> um yeah, Steve um Steve is an LGBT Christian and um yeah. he goes to a church in London and he's got a very powerful story to share. So um I'm really just excited to hear it. I know a bit of his story, but I don't know all of it. So um, this is going to be really, really interesting for me as well. So, um, yeah, just uh, take it away, Steve. Tell us your story. Okay. Well, hello, everyone who's listening. Um, As James said, my name is Steve. Um, I am now 47 years old. Um, I am a gay Christian. And for me to say that now, it's taken me over 30 years to be comfortable saying that and there's a story behind that which um, I'm just about to tell so um, I um, started going to church in um, Surrey in England um, when I was five years old with my mum and dad and at the same time I started to go to school as well so these two quite big events happened all at the same time really and um Everything before that was fine. There was no no big sort of drama. There was nothing going on, really. It was a very normal childhood, very normal upbringing. Um, then I went to school and everything changed. And the, the kids were sort of um, bullying me. I couldn't understand why. I thought, why are they doing this, you know? And it was all of them. It was, like, very strange. I was like a target. And I couldn't understand why. I was just being myself. Um, I remember one incident where um, I was standing in the playground at school. All the boys were playing football. All the girls were playing with each other. I think they were skipping or hopscotch or something like that. Mm. And I remember standing there and thinking, what do I do? I didn't know what to do. I thought, I don't want to play football because that's a bit rough and tumble. And I wasn't that kind of kid. And then... um, I didn't really want to play the girls because I didn't really want to with the girls because I didn't want to be a target. But I already was a target. So um, and they'd call me lots of horrible names, none of which I'd like to repeat on here. I'm sure many <laughs> people could probably guess what some of those names were, especially in the 70s and the 80s. Um, some really horrible derogatory um, terms. And um, anyway, this went on all through my sort of childhood, really. And um, another thing I remember many sort of um, LGBT people who are listening could probably relate to this is when they pick teams for sports and um, they always get like the really sort of the jock kids, they're the very sort of sporty kids to pick the teams don't they and um, I was always the one who was last to be picked and I'll be honest with you James, I was never picked, nobody actually wanted me in their team (laughs) so and I laugh about it now, but at the time it was it was horrifying because I mm. thought, you know, I'm getting the message from people that I'm not wanted, that what's the purpose of me, you know? And um, while all this was going on, we were going to church. We were a church family. And so I remember 
feeling like there were I was living two different lives, like things were being se- like separated. There was a church life, and there was a school life, and the school life was horrible, and the church life was quite serene, really, and quite calm. And um, the people were really sort of I couldn't quite make it out, like they weren't living mm. these same sort of lives, really, that the people at school were living. And I remember feeling, why is that? You know, and I just wanted to explore it a little bit more. And so um, I remember going to, when I was nine years old, we went to this um, summer camp, like a Christian summer camp. And um, I remember when I came back, I I um, gave my life to Jesus when I was nine. And mm. to be honest with you, I didn't know what, what on earth I was doing. Um it was like, I better do it because my mum will be pleased. I remember <laughs> doing it just to please my mum, really. And um, anyway, yeah, she was pleased. That was the result of that. And um, um, I remember trying to be good all the time. Right, I'm a Christian. I've got to be good. <laughs> and this is the message that yeah. has been going on throughout, throughout my life, right up until about two years ago. Um, like I've got to be good. It's like a performance almost. And now that doesn't last forever, but I'll tell the story of how that all all unfolded, really. Um, So when I was 12, I remember thinking, I think I'm gay, you know, because I was looking, you know, when you go through adolescence and you, you just become more sexualized because of your body's changing yeah and um i just remember feeling you know there's some of the teachers i quite fancied and you know some of the older boys in school i quite fancied and it was like oh but that's not right is it that can't be right it must just be a phase oh in in a couple of months it'll all be over and then i can marry a woman when i'm older and then i can have some kids and it'll all be okay you know yeah, but that's not what happened. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and so obviously the bullying continued throughout my secondary school. Um, nineteen eighty-three. Just want to mention nineteen eighty-three because that's when I was twelve, and that's when I realised I was gay. And it was also at the same time that um, in in the British press that it was revealed that there was this disease called AIDS. Yes, absolutely. Gay men and the press were talking about the gay men. The press were not talking about everybody else that can get AIDS because anyone can get it. Anybody yes. can get it. Exactly. The press, were, the press were absolutely sort of focused on this. They called it the gay plague. Yes, they and, did. Um, and so as a very impressionable 12-year-old boy, I sort of internalised it and I um, started really to hate myself thinking so the British press and the government and all these very powerful people don't like people like me Mm. and it all became very sort of um, what I call internalised homophobia where um, I just started really to hate myself at that point because I thought I don't want to die of this disease therefore I've got to cover up my sexuality yeah and that's what I did and of course being at church 
being in Sunday school and all the messages that I'm getting from that as well, you can just imagine how confusing it all was. Yeah. You're getting messages from the world telling you you're going to die of AIDS. You're getting the messages from the kids at school almost telling you the same sort of thing. Um, And you're getting the messages from church saying this is a sin. And so every message that I was getting from everybody around me was very negative. I never, I never got an affirmation. I never got a positive message really from the people around me. I'm not talking about my family or anything. That, that was different. Obviously, my family have loved me unconditionally. Yeah. Still, and always have. But I'm talking more about the sort of outside of that outside of my inner circle if you like um so yeah that's kind of these messages that i received um and how i sort of acted out on that was really quite damaging to myself and um i thought well i can't ever sleep with anybody because it'll kill me Mm. you know um and i remember in the newspapers people were dying like um rock hudson yeah, Liber- Liberace, and then um, um, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, and then um, yeah, I think I remember that one. Yeah, I think Kenneth Williams committed suicide, um, but I don't ever think he was out. I think it was. I think he was obviously a gay man, but mm. um, yeah, he committed suicide, and um, and so there's all this negative all this negative stuff and then section 28 came out which meant she couldn't promote homosexuality within schools um yeah and there was a big outcry about that i remember this is all in the 80s um i think we've learned a lot from that decade actually um but um at the time when you're an adolescent when you're an impressionable teenager and when you're going through all that stuff it does affect you, and it affected me terribly. And, um, yeah, so throughout my 20s, I kind of acted out this self-hatred thing. It's, um, like, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm never going to be good enough. Um, other people were better than me. And I remember thinking, what's the point of me? What's the point of me being mm. on this planet, you know? Mm. Um, all of my sort of peer group within the church the people that I was at Sunday school with were all starting to get married, starting to have children. And I remember feeling like the one who's left behind, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I remember sort of discovering gay clubs and gay bars and all that sort of thing yeah. in my 20s and 30s. And um, I remember um, sort of going to these places and covering my tracks And thinking, right, I've got to go at a certain time of day and I've got to go a certain route and I've got to go at a certain time and come out at a certain time and then go back a different route so nobody notices me. And it was all this and, you know, it was just very... um, When I look at it now, I just think, did I actually go through all that? So I was covering up, you know? I was just covering up my shame. Yeah that's what it is it's shame and um you know i look back and i can't quite believe that i did that but 
these days it's totally different but it was like you know this is when sort of gay therapy was very but I never really went down that road I mean I went to one meeting with one group I remember because I just thought I've got to get rid of this thing that's within me you know Mm. I can't be I can't be a gay man because I'll never be happy which was the message that was given to me by society and especially by the church and I just went to one meeting and um it was just full of men who were none of them were looking looking at me there was no eye contact or anything I went to one meeting and I just thought they all look terribly ashamed and I don't want to live the rest of my life like that so I just went to the one meeting and I never came back but at the same time I still didn't want this um thing to be within me you know it was just Mm. like there's something in me that is incorrect that was kind of how I felt about it but deep down I wanted just to be me I wanted to be gay but I I felt that Mm. society was telling me not to be yeah there's a lot of shame Um, in that it was terrible I mean you know, it was just the self-hatred and the um, mm. self-abuse and I used to eat a lot and used to, I had no um, sort of body positivity, didn't feel happy about my body or about the way I looked or anything. Um, and um, anyway, just, I'm going to just flash forward to 2011 because then I was a, I was a deputy manager of a care home and I got made redundant, and I just bought my flat, so I just got a mortgage, and um, oh gosh, I felt just I, I almost had a breakdown. It was just awful, and so um, what happened was I thought I'm going to take um, Christianity seriously from now on, because before I hadn't taken it seriously. I was just well, I know God exists, but I don't think He loves me. Right. That was the sort of narrative that was going on for quite a long time, for quite a number of years. And so um, I gave my life to Jesus again back in 2012. And I remember saying, you know, you say the sinner's prayer and all that. And um, I remember (laughs) saying, I want to do it properly this time, Mm. God. I want to do it properly. And so I went back to church, my old church where I grew up. Yeah. And I got baptised in 2012. And um, I decided um, that I wanted to learn more about the Bible. So I went away for a year to um, like a Bible college. Right. And I learned how to be a prayer minister. And I learned how to, you know, study the Bible seriously and um, what the Bible says about, well, about homosexuality and about um, other things, you know, in the world like poverty and all that sort of thing. I just wanted to know the truth because I felt the truth would set me free. So I did all that and it was a very conservative, very fundamentalist place because I thought that's, you know, I thought in my Mm. head, I just thought, well, that's what it's got to be. That's, that's, I didn't think you could be a liberal Christian because I thought that that was um, not, you know, it's always been taught that that wasn't the way. That was yeah. 
that was the, that was kind of the devil's way, and I just wanted to do it seriously this time. So it was like the pendulum had swung from one extreme to the other, really, and um, I just felt that I really needed to um, be serious about it, and so I was. Anyway, I became a prayer minister in 2015, and I left that place, and um, I became quite fundamentalist, quite... Um, wow. I didn't like... Yeah, I didn't really like gay people, I've got to be honest. Um, but I was one. And um, a little bit later on, I'm going to explain that a bit more, because um, I have noticed something about my sort of strongest critics usually have, have been gay people, to be honest. Right. Which is, which is, and I hate to say that, but in a way that's true. Um and um, and so I became this horrible person that I really, really have repented about, and um, I'm not like that anymore. So I got a job in my local church and thought that well, this is going to be great because I can just be a, a really great Christian and it'll be, you know, a performance yeah. and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, being a Christian should never be a performance. No, it shouldn't. Being a Christian should never be a performance. And that's how I saw it, as being a performance. And um, I, you know, did the prayer meetings and I prayed with people and I made sure that I was kind of up the front all the time. And when I look back now, I think, why was I like that? That was just, it's not, it's not right. It's not the way that I am. It's not the way that it should be. Anyway... I want to fast forward now to 2017 when I went to Israel because I wanted to see all the places where Jesus walked and where he was mm. and um, all the miracles that he um, that he did and, you know, the walking on water, the, the Sea of Galilee and where he was crucified and all that sort of thing. Anyway, I went there and I had a great time, loved it. Um, one of the trips was to the Wailing Wall. And I didn't really want to go because I thought, well, it's not in the Bible. Why should I go there? <laughs> it's not in the Bible. It's not mentioned. <laughs> and um, anyway, I went. And, um, you know, you queue up. I don't know if, if you've ever been, James. but I'd love to. Up. I haven't yet, but I would it's, love to. It's a fantastic place. You queue up. They give you a pencil and a piece of paper. You've got to put a hat on. And um, you go to the wall and you pray a prayer and you stick the bit of paper in the wall. And um, so I did that. And I remember I put two prayers on the piece of paper. And I said, please, one of the prayers was, please show me the root of my stress and anxiety. And the mm. other prayer was, um, please show me what you want me to do with the rest of my life. Because I really wasn't sure what to do um, with the rest of my life. Because I was working in the church. I thought, I don't want to do it forever. You know, and um, so I did that and I prayed these prayers, stuck the piece of paper in the wall and prayed. And um, I just remember feeling very peaceful as if almost as if those prayers were going to be answered. But I'll be honest with you, at the time I felt, well, I'm in a holy place. I'm bound to feel like that, aren't I? You know, I just didn't think mm. to be honest, I was quite sceptical. I was quite sceptical that um, these prayers were going to be answered, but I felt peaceful and I felt like I'd never felt before, to be honest. 
Um, right. But, but then I took it as being, I'm, I'm caught in the moment, you know? You're caught in the moment in a holy place. And how, how do you think you're going to feel? You know, it's a bit like that. So anyway, I forgot all about it. And I came home a couple of days later. And um, I remember it was the 3rd of June, 2017. Right. And this was two weeks after I came back. And it was the same day as the um, attack at Borough Market and London Bridge. Oh, wow. Day. Yeah. And I remember lying on my bed looking on my computer, looking at holidays and things like and I just remember feeling this weird feeling coming over me. And I can't explain it. I can't explain it. It was just very, very strange. It was almost almost as if it wasn't a voice. It was more of a feeling. Someone telling me I should love myself. And I can't explain it. But that's how it felt. So I just felt it was probably God saying that. I don't know. Telling me, you need to love yourself. Mm. And I just thought, why? I haven't loved myself before. Why should I? <laughs> why should I love myself? Because My I've wife. never had, you know. Oh, wow. Um, it was almost like God was saying that to me. Mm. And um, then, then it said, you've got to love people who are gay, LGBT community. Although it didn't come up as LGBT community, it was more. I think I just felt it in my, I, I need to love gay people. That's kind of how it came out. Mm. Although we would call it the LGBT community. Um, but the feeling didn't say that. It just said, I just felt that the, the feeling, whatever it was, was saying you've got to love gay people. And then I remember asking it, why? Why should I? I thought, why am I answering back this thing? Why am I answering this thing back? It's not making any sense. And then um, I just felt that it was saying, because that's what you are. And you need to love yourself. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh my, oh my God. <laughs> I yeah. was floored. I just thought, but that's weird. Mm. Like somebody or something has just spoken to me, but it wasn't an audible voice. It was more like a check in my spirit. Mm. And they're telling me I need to love myself because I'm gay. Yeah. It's, what... it's the truth. It's what happened. And I, I say it to people and they're like, yeah, right. You know, and it's, it's, you know, I, mm. when you, when you get that, it's, you've got to do something with it. Yes, absolutely. And so, what I did was, um, I remember thinking, whose voice is that? So I kind of tested it. I, I weighed, tested and measured. That's how I said. And um, I just felt, um, yeah, I just thought, well, is it God? Is it me thinking that? Or is it the devil, you know? And because um, this is how I was brought up, I, you know, I was brought up to believe in God and the devil. So, um yeah, yeah. I, I just all. felt that, um, yeah. So I, I tested it out, and I, I very quickly came to the conclusion it wasn't me, because I wasn't even thinking along those lines at that time. 
why would I all of a sudden, as a rational person, why would I all of a sudden just start thinking along along those lines, you know? So I thought, well, that's me out of the way, eliminated. Um, and so the next thing I remember was thinking, well, it must be the devil, because the devil wouldn't love gay people. But then what I did, I did tons of research. I read loads of books. I read Matthew Vine's book. Oh, great book, great book. Yeah. (laughs) I read Justin Lee's book. I think it's called Undivided. No, that's that's Vicky Beeching's book. Vicky Beeching's book is called Undivided. Um, Oh, it is, yes. What's it called? What's um, Is it Torn or is it... Torn, I think it's called. I can't remember. Torn, that's it. Torn, yes. So I read um, that one as well. And I read a couple of other books. And I I watched loads of YouTube videos. And I also watched um, videos by trans people. Which is unprecedented. Because I'd never really thought about that issue before. I wanted to know more about it. Why would somebody want to change their sex? You know, that's how I saw it. And then I, as the more more research I did, the more thinking for myself I did, the more I um, thinking critically that I did, the more that I questioned my um, understanding of these things. Um, I very quickly, after a couple of months or so, came to the conclusion that um, God loves everybody, um, that the trans issue is a real issue. It's not just people deciding that what they're just going to do these things for attention. It's not that at all. Um, I started going to a church in London, as you mentioned earlier, which was inclusive. And I, I actually met people from the LGBT community and I tell you something, James, I quickly fell in love with all of them. They were very genuine people. Um, they all had their own stories to tell. Some of them were much worse than my stories. Um, many of them have become very firm, firm friends over the past couple of years. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say to people just... Just get to know somebody who is LGBT, get to know them as a friend, get to know their story, get to know um, where they are, where they are right now, you know, in their life. Um, and that's exactly what I did. I have got It's a gift from God, and um, I don't feel ashamed anymore of who I am because I believe that um, this is how I was made you know that verse in the bible you are fearfully and wonderfully made Mm. Um, Psalm 139 Um, and that's how God made me because he loves me why would he make a mistake why would God make a mistake exactly yeah God would not make a mistake and this is how I feel about it and all my friends who are LGBT, I've got gay friends, I've got lesbian friends, I've got bisexual friends, I've got trans friends, I've got friends who are into sex, I've got friends who are non-conforming, you know, and it's great to have all these different friends who are all different, who all bring very different things to the table, who all um, have very different gifts and talents, 
Uh, they've all got very different experiences, and I can just love them for who they are. There's no, as it was before, you need to get right with God. There's none of that anymore, because mm. we're all on a journey, you know. There's no judgment. I think what I did before, I judged. Because that's how I was taught. Yeah. I judge, and I don't judge anymore, and it's freeing. Yeah. It really is. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's. I just think it's ironic that you know that you're, you're gay, and yet yeah. your kind of theological journey was almost like you, you became a conservative Christian, yeah. and were kind of anti-LGBT for a yeah. while, and yeah. then God got to you, and I, I said, "Hold on, no, 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 this isn't right," and yeah. this is, and it wasn't just about other people it was about yourself and coming to terms yeah. with yourself and who you were um I, it's a really interesting I story to, yeah i needed to love myself and i never really had um it got to the age of 46 to be able to do that um and mm. i think what the reason it took that long was because i've got a very rich history of telling that story now to people and saying, well, this is how it went. It was like a pendulum swinging from liberal to conservative, liberal to conservative, and, you know, back to liberal again. Mm. And um, I'm staying where I am because I know the truth, and I know the truth has set me free, and I know that um, God loves us all. We're all on a journey, um, and that Jesus was... Um, not a judge he wasn't judgmental he just loved mm, people he that's right jesus was inclusive and this is the story i want to tell the church you know jesus included people um and i think some conservative branches of the church really need to do what what i said really get to know pit members of the lgbt community and get to know their stories um love them for who they are and where they are yeah not, not have an agenda and not have an end result for them you know that's really kind of what they need to be doing I yeah I, I knew a couple who were non-affirming and based on theology yeah and then their son came out to them and they started listening to his experiences they read a few books like you did and they changed their perspective completely because yeah. knowing somebody and being in relationship with somebody who who is LGBT changed their perspective yeah. completely because when it, when you put flesh and blood on something when it becomes real when it's a real person that you know it changes yeah. everything because suddenly it's not just theory and it's not just logic or reason or cognitive argument it's actually a story it's actually somebody's real life yeah. experiences and that's completely yeah. different yeah I think that's why stories like mine need to be told and we need to be out there telling them yes we need to be um, engaging with people having good discussions and um, yeah listening to their side as well not just yeah. dismissing it we need to be listening and telling them you know, where, where we feel they're going wrong. Um, but we need to be doing that in a respectful way. In a yeah, way. I think and it's... On the, same, on the same sort of level. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's important that we... It's really important that we listen to each other's stories. This is yeah. one of the big problems. I was actually talking about this a little bit on Twitter today. How we're so busy being angry at each other and full of our rightness that we're not listening to each yeah. other's stories anymore. And we don't always have to agree. You know, maybe that people will remain... Some people will remain non-affirming, but... Yeah. But that's their journey, you know, and all we can do is nudge them in the right direction and share share stories yeah. that we've heard and share our stories if we're yeah. LGBT, you know, so um and hope that, you know, that they they get they get kind of get nudged on and moved on because yeah. things are changing. Things are changing a lot, I think. It, but it's it, it, rapidly. You know, and yeah. I mean think big change takes time but it does happen and it is happening. Yeah. And yeah. it's good that it is. I mean, even back in sort of 2011, 2012, things were, were different to how they are now. And we didn't have um, marriage equality then. And I think marriage equality has really, you know, made people's views change. Yeah. I think it really did set a ball rolling um, so people can see that two men can love each other in a legitimate, um, real way. You know, yeah, and love each other in a very legitimate, real way. And why should we have to explain our love to other people? You know, they, if they can see it, if we can demonstrate it by marrying in in places of worship like churches, you know, um, yeah, I just think it is equality. It is, and it, it needs to be equal. It needs to. Be. Yeah, and bad theology has done so much damage to people. Um, you know, I, I read a book by my friend Brandon Robinson. Um, he compiled yeah. some stories of LGBT Christians in the UK and the US. And so many, so many LGBT Christians have have committed suicide or suffered from depression yeah. or mental illness because of the churches and cultures, actually, not just the church, but the church and cultures perspective on the lgbt community and that's yeah. to me that's not acceptable at all it, it no. can't you know it's that a, like a kind of belief system that does that to people is not a system not a healthy loving good be- belief system no. it's it's not a it's not no. it's not right you know and we need to move on from it yeah and we're still being scapegoated even now it still happens yeah. It's like this group of um I think a lot of a lot of people still think all we are is sexual. You know? Yes. All we are is sexual. Because um, when I first came out, a lot of people said to me, do you have a boyfriend? As if I need to have a boyfriend to yeah. know that I'm gay. You know? Yeah. And I remember saying, why do I need a boyfriend to know that I'm gay? I, I just know that I'm gay. You don't need to be sleeping with anybody to know that no it's just something about you as you are and i felt like saying to them well how do you how do you know that you're straight then you know exactly like saying, i don't need to have know. a girlfriend to know i'm straight <laughs> i know exactly. that i'm straight i just know exactly. you know so, <laughs> it's um i mean i was having these conversations last year with people in 2018 it was like well have we not moved on from that you know so I think as, as um, LGBT people, we need to be showing the world that we can live very 
ordinary lives the same as them. Absolutely. There's nothing any different about me, and being gay does not define me, you know? Mm. And um, we need to get that message across, because there are still people out there that are not getting it. Mm. And they need to understand that being gay doesn't mean to say that I'm going to be sleeping with lots of different men to know that I'm gay, because that isn't the case at all, you know? I am gay, and I am me. Yeah. And, you know... Nothing defines me but me, you know. Absolutely. I want people to know my personality and for what I can do for people. And, you know, I do I do a lot of voluntary work. And, um, yeah. you know, I want to be known for the good things that I've done in my life. Not, oh, um, Steve, there's Steve, look, he's gay. You know, I don't want that kind of label, if you like. Yeah. It's more, even though, even though I guess it is a label, I, I suppose, in a way, but um, I want people to see me for my achievements and my character and what I've done and, you know, how I've impacted people in a positive way, you know, that's how I want people to see me. That's right, your sexuality is part of your identity, it's part of who you are, but it doesn't yeah. define your entire identity, it doesn't define the entirety of you. It's just a part of who you yeah, are. A lot, of, a lot of Christians will say, well, you need to put your identity in Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that old chestnut, yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, it already is. Yeah. It already is. So, you know, and as I said earlier, this is how I was made. God does not make mistakes, and I'm not a mistake. No. You are my not. identity is in Christ. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. I think people really need to understand that. It's um, look at the person, you know. Just look at the person. Don't look at the labels the person might have. Just look at the person. Yeah. And love the person for who they are. And you can't go wrong if you love somebody unconditionally. Yeah. No, you yeah. can't. Absolutely. I totally agree I with that. I think... We need to be given to the church as well, really. And mm. as, as I said earlier about my biggest opponents were usually gay men. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes you, I have little arguments on Twitter like we all do, you know. Yeah. And um, funnily enough, some of the people that don't agree with me are, are gay men, which mm. is strange. I didn't realise that would ever be the case. I actually had to block one quite recently um, who didn't agree with what I was saying about, um, you know, sexual relations. And I was being very, um, you know, open with this person and trying to explain to him. He just didn't understand it and was quite nasty to me. So I had to block him and it was like, well, why is that? Mm. Straight people don't seem to have much of a problem anymore. Because he's probably because that person was probably probably holding it in just as you were and battling it just as you were. Maybe. And he's resistant maybe to it, maybe. Yeah. You know. Yeah, um, I can remember a few years back when I was probably like that as well, to be honest. Um, but I think we have to be patient with people. We have to give them yes. time. And. Um, yeah, I just think 
patience and understanding and um, you're never going to agree with everybody on everything. No, absolutely. Nobody is in this world. <laughs> even on these issues, even on other issues, you know, any issues, we could we could talk about Brexit, but let's not, you know, but you know what I mean? It's yeah, 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 absolutely, good. yeah, yeah. Um, you're never going to agree on these issues, so I think sometimes just to respect the other person's point of view and walk away, you know, sometimes the best thing. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So, this has been really encouraging, and I think you shared a lot of wisdom here today. I think um, a lot of people, both LGBTQ community and and yeah. people who are straight, will 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 be encouraged and uh, supported by this. I think this is it's really great that you've told your story. Very courageous. Um, yeah, and just one, just just to finish, I wanted to just like if you could send one message out to LGBT, the LGBT community, and LGBT Christians, something yeah. encouraging and maybe hopeful, um, or for people who are struggling, what 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 would that be? I would say to them, um, certainly, be who you are. Be where you are in the moment, where you are now. Um, I would say not to come out unless you're absolutely um, feel that you're in a safe space to do that. Um, always, I would say to tell somebody how you're feeling, but make sure it's somebody who you feel that you can confide in. Um, don't tell somebody who's going to tell somebody else, you know, or somebody else. Mm. Um, make sure it's someone that you can really trust and um, I would say just be who you are try not to um, feel ashamed because there's nothing to feel ashamed of there's absolutely nothing to feel ashamed of I would also say to people to go and do their own research as well because that's what I did and it opened up a whole new world for me it was absolutely the best thing I could have done read those books by Matthew Vines and um, Justin Lee and there are so many other books as well um, Yeah, those were the two that really helped me um, and also there's the um, the books as well by um, Vicky Beeching which is, I just want to say her book is fantastic it is fantastic, yeah, it's unbelievable and, um, I'm currently reading Jane Azane's awesome book as well so and she's I mean I've met before who's is really nice and um she's a, a gay Christian too so read some books I would say go and read some books go and look at some YouTube videos go and look at some um some stuff up online um and you can't really go wrong yeah and always speak to somebody never ever leave these things to yourself because um you can't be have that, all that stuff swimming around in your head. Um, it's always better when somebody else knows that they can walk alongside you, which is always quite good advice, I think. Yeah. Well, thank you, Steve, for sharing all of that. Really thank grateful you. to have you on here. Um, it's been a long time coming, um, but uh, I'm really glad, you, glad you're here and you shared your story. So thank you. It's been good to be here. Yeah. Fantastic. 
Um, well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, take care, and uh, I'll talk to you all again soon.